0: Was it your new place?
1: Well, I am actually visiting Oklahoma City. Canicon is this week, so tomorrow, Thursday, May twenty seventh, and then Friday, May twenty eighth. There's Canicon in Oklahoma, so I thought it was a good opportunity to see how this this market is developing, meet some people. In Oklahoma and yeah try, try to talk with some laboratories here yeah cool and good good morning Jake hey how's it how's going? Going? going great welcome to the cannabis data science meeting group
2: nice to nice to meet you both so it's great to be here
1: well just to, to introduce myself so my name is Keegan my background I started working as an analyst at a cannabis testing laboratory and then I found there were a lot of rooms for improvement. So, for example, there's data entry that needed to be automated, certificates needed to be created easy, and then just, you know, a, a website client portal. And So as a software developer, I realized there's you know, a lot of laboratories that need software solutions. So I launched Canlytics, company to help provide Software solutions to laboratories to make canvas testing simple and easy oh, guess, okay. yeah, because you know i've got a lot of knowledge so i may as well share with oh and then i guess i'll let you know charles and yourself introduce um you Yeah, each yeah. Other.
2: charles i think you were here first i could go ahead if you want to um
0: so yeah i've um i have um like 27 years of software development experience and uh I'm moving into like data science and machine learning now, Um, and um, you know this has just been. um, This group has some really good data to explore and uh, do some interesting things with, and so uh, I've been working on that. I've been working on uh, some uh, Kaggle competitions.
2: Oh, cool! That's awesome.
1: Uh, How about yourself, Jake? How did you hear about the group and yeah so I,
2: I, so I um i guess it's it's kind of two factors so i've been interested in i think cannabis I, i've been interested in cannabis i think from like uh i do like um stock analytics data like investing analytics and cannabis it's not an inter- industry i'm currently, but it's like it's one of like two industries i'm like really looking at but i'm also just interested in data science generally so like that piece and then the second thing is what i do most of my time is i not not professionally, but I, I, I build, I'm building this like data science tool and I'm sort of trying to explore, um, what industries it could be interesting in. Um, and we've, we've had like one or two people that I've just met with recently who were doing like analytics in the cannabis or at cannabis companies, I believe. And so I thought, you know, maybe this would be cool people to meet here in that space as well. That's awesome.
1: If you're open to talk about it, I would love to hear about the data science tool you're building. Yeah, so,
2: I, I, if you want, I um, if you guys want to try it out, I could. It's a uh, if you want to. Oh, well,
1: honestly, today was going to be a bit more of an open day, so I'm traveling to Oklahoma City to visit KubeCon. Okay. So okay. I haven't had as much time to prepare things this week as I normally do. So. The whole point of the group is to let everybody have a chance to share. So, yes, if you want, it would be.
2: Yeah, why don't, why don't I, what I'll do here, I'll, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, that'd be really cool, actually. Why don't I, um, I'll send you both a link. So, I, I I have a hosted version and a local version, but as I'm sure you're aware, like, downloading, it's a Python tool. So, like, downloading Python packages is a brutal, brutal process. So, I'll just send you both this uh. Posted version. Um, And if you want to, you can just log in um, there. Oh, do you, are you still there? I think you might have froze.
1: Sorry, I just had to get reconnected real quick.
2: Oh, no worries. So if you go to that link that I just sent, um, it's a, it's Jupyter, it's a Jupyter hub link. So if you essentially, So like a hosted Jupyter notebook essentially or Jupyter Lab really, Um, you have to put your email in to access it. But you're welcome to put in like a fake email if you don't want to put in a real email. I understand. Um, And uh, oh sweet yeah, I can I can sort of guide you through.
1: Yes, so uh, I'm just going to share my screen that way. So just a heads up, so we are recording, so that way people.
2: Oh, Yeah no 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 worries at all totally. uh, if, any, if anything, if more people get to see it, that's cool. How how long have you been running this group?
1: So the data science group kicked off in February this year. So I think our first meetup was February twenty
2: fourth or twenty sixth.
1: Um. Okay. Cool. Awesome. And oh, interesting. So. So
2: I'll, I'll give a little background. So what it is, is it's a, it's a visual, it's, it's supposed to be like a visual Python representation and sort of visualizing Python as a spreadsheet. So we'd imagine it's everything you'll do in the spreadsheet will generate the equivalent Python for you. So like, <laughs> if you, so if you run this cell right here, um, that first cell,
3: right.
2: yeah, you can that should do it, uh. You're gonna have to you know, put your email in again um but uh i sort of just you know i can just do this to hopefully get in, be able to get in touch with people
1: just to, to formally yeah up. yeah you're welcome, welcome
2: you're and we're not uh we're not taking anything but um Oh, you can just put, like, N-A here. This is, you know, this is the... I kind of have this question here for, like, self-service users, but obviously, since we're all, on a call, uh, you're welcome to to do that. Cool. Oh, sweet. I didn't know you could do that. That's awesome. Uh, so, th- yeah, so this is the tool. So, essentially... um. Are, so are you like are you a Python user at all? Oh,
1: definitely. Both okay. Charles and I, you know, love Python. So I fell in love with Python five six years ago. Nice. And it's my, <laughs> my weapon of choice. And so, um, yeah, I'm fascinated by this. So I've you know done a little work. So this looks almost like something you would build like with PyQt, but obviously. Yes, but obviously, it's running here in the browser. So uh, yeah. honestly, I'm kind of curious how you built this. If that's something you're willing to share, but it also looks like a cool tool.
2: Yeah, I have a, a co-founder or a co-founder, co-creator is maybe a better word, who uh, I made this with, especially um, my twin brother. Uh, and uh, so, so essentially, it's a it's a Python backend. Um, so I'll let me actually it's maybe easier to explain once I show you a little bit of the functionality. So let's let's import a data set really quick. If you click the import button, and then you can add file from a folder. Can we uh, drag and drop here? So you can because you're on the hosted version, um you have to like sort of upload your file to the system first, and then you can import it into the sheet with that button we just clicked. If you're on a local version, um, then you can just sort of you know you're in your local files. You can connect to, uh, to what you can connect to, um, you, you know whatever whatever files you want. But if you want to go back and click that button again, so it is add files from current folder. It's gonna that's just gonna put in our sort of the demo data airport pets, um, and I'll just show you. So let's do like you can close that little window on the right there, the one that you're the one you had the import window. You can close that. This one? No, the uh, if you scroll up, that yeah, where it says import CSV, you can yep close that, and then now we so so essentially the gist of it is it's a spreadsheet, and everything you do in the spreadsheet is going to generate the equivalent code for you. So if you filter, you know maybe so apply try applying a filter to a column like um, question is
1: it. Is it possible to import our own data set here real quick or
2: Yeah, yeah, totally, for sure. Also all you have to so one of two ways to do it. One is you could if you have it as like a CSV file, you could just upload it inside yes. here. Okay, sweet. So yeah. Because um, essentially,
1: you know we just put together some data here. Um, yeah,
2: totally, totally. So um, So I think the best way, did you click the upload button yet? Or are you just in your local files?
1: Um, let, right let me just get some uh, data for you, real quick. Yeah, for sure. No. Okay. Right. Um And then, how do we upload data?
2: So yeah, so you want yeah exactly. Click that button there. Select your data. And then now, so if we let's rerun that top. Oh, was that? A, did you upload it as a CSV?
1: Oh, it was an Excel. Does it need to be
2: a CSV? Yes, yeah, I mean it doesn't have to be, but if you want to do it sort of through the UI, it has to be a CSV. You can. The other thing you can do is you can import any data frame into Mito just by putting it as the argument to the Mito sheet sheet call. So, for example, if you're working in a notebook and you have a data frame you're working with, and you want to quickly call those in, you can do that. Um, cool. So now uh, that top cell in the notebook where we call the minor sheet. If you want to run that again, and then cool. uh, you click the import button, you should be able to select your file. Now. I think this is... Uh, that's, yeah, that, that's the wrong data, but if you click... Uh, there you go, now you'll see it. Cool. Uh, you, can, uh, you can close that, it's a little tutorial.
1: Interesting, so...
2: And if you um, want to delete have, that original data.
1: But, well, yeah, because this is. Um, yeah, you can
2: uh, see, see this little drop down next to where it says airport pets at the bottom. You can just click delete.
1: Because, yes, so we're all about you know working with actual data here. So, okay. it I data, I, I get it. Yeah. So no, I appreciate we just have that. licensee data here. I'm tired um, of
2: doing the same demo data, so this is great. Um, OK. But so yeah, let me so let me just show you maybe like a few things, and I just love to hear your thoughts, or if you want a few have thoughts on how you might want to play with it, that'd be cool. Um, for example, so let's do like a filter, for example. So if we go to the top, or if we go to the actual the sheet, and then if you click, so each it's you know it's the same feel as a spreadsheet, or it's you know aspiring to be that. Um, so for every column, there's that little filter icon next to it. So if you want to filter. So, like a good example here, yeah, we can add a filter. Um, see, we have that NaN value. This is like kind of useful. If you want one of the filter conditions, is you can do, yeah, you can filter to a city, or you could filter like out null values uh, by doing is not empty at the, which was at the bottom, I think, the last option. Yeah, you got rid of your null values, and then if you scroll down to below the um, Okay. Yeah, let's see, so this is code we're generating. So that final step, step four, that is the equivalent code for dropping null values from the column. Oh, I see. So, yeah, so we generate the equivalent code for each edit. And it kind of goes back to why I made the tool, which is like, you, I think you mentioned like, a few, was it five or six years ago you started learning Python? Like, I started doing Python maybe like two years ago. And I just found that like, Memorizing the syntax and getting the syntax right all the time was just like was such a maybe it just wasn't my skill set, but it was just such a learning curve for me. Um, so I kind of wanted with my my brother like make a make a way to make Python more accessible essentially. Um,
1: question, Do we need Madoshi or is this just all on pandas? So that's
2: a good question. So everything you have right there is pandas. Where you will need my sheet, there's one specific place, and it's the reason we have that um, is if you, so if you scroll up, if you do, so what you can actually, you can do like spreadsheet formulas in the sheet. So like, if you want to try adding a column, for example, Uh, so you can just yeah, you can just click add, add column button on the toolbar at the top. And then in there you could use a for, do a formula that's like normal spreadsheet syntax. So if you want to use like a concat function that you would do in Excel, oh. you, could, you could do it in there and uh, sort of concat the two. So just yeah, just write concat, and you'll you'll see the suggestion pop up.
1: How do you? There
2: you go, and then just you can select the columns you want. Um,
1: yeah, ideally, I'm trying to like let's say. Oh yeah, I don't
2: know why yeah it wasn't working. Like that before maybe if you try try if you close that menu on the side i think it might make it a little easier that a where it says a b if you close that yeah but also yeah if you know the names of your columns like it'll suggest it to you we use this thing called um what's it called q grid which is like a oh no sorry ag grid which is like a it's a javascript like table library essentially and they kind of help us like get a lot of these features out of the box, which is cool. Uh, but yeah, so there's your, okay, and if you wanted to put like. And so, yeah, so it's, it's actually kind of what you're doing right now. It's, like, like, formatting is, like, one of the main uses I think people use this for, and then you can rename it. But then you, to your question about, like, can you just, like, copy this code into any other environment, um, you can, except for when you use something like, uh, where do we have it? Uh, scroll down to the bottom. <laughs> okay. Yeah, can can cat, cat. exactly. So that function, it is pandas that we're using, but we, it's, like, We had to use a a complex combination of pandas to like get that to work, so we sort of just wrapped it in our own function. Um, But I thought I saw you opening Spider. Were you about to try and copy this into Spider? Uh, Essentially, yes. That'd be cool. I've actually haven't done a ton of testing with that, so it would be interesting to see how that goes. What I'm thinking is, like the functions, you don't need the UI. The UI won't pop up in Spider, or at least it won't work well. But I'm I'm thinking if you copy, if you also copy the Mito Sheet package into Spider, the syntax might actually work still. I have we haven't done a lot of testing on that, which would be interesting.
1: Well, I'll need to uh, this your project.
2: Yes. Are you looking to? What are you looking to in, like in, do it, the local install?
1: Um, I believe so, right? Because I'll need Mito Sheet to.
2: Yeah you will so this is the thing is the local install yeah it should it should work you just it's so the, the thing the way mito works is there's a is a the back end and then there's a the front end which is a jupyter lab extension but i think you probably if you actually don't think you'll have to even download the extension part just do the just install the package you should be fine so yeah that'd be cool if you want to try that
1: And I guess, I guess your, your principal audiences are data scientists, huh? I
2: think it, it yeah, it definitely is. Where I think I'm, where I'm definitely doing a lot of thinking right now about like trying to specify for like a more specific audience. But yeah, certainly right now, I think it's like data scientists who are uh, like beginner. To intermediate at in Python. I'd say like the lowest level is like, like I, a lot of people think like, oh, this would be a good learning tool. And I see that, but I, I disagree because I think it, it actually wouldn't, it wouldn't let you, like, it wouldn't make you become better at Python. Like, it would just make you be able to do some of the things you would want to do in Python more quickly. So I think it's actually better for like someone who's like six months to like three years experience with Python. And they know what they want to do and they know how it works, but they're just like they're tired of constantly going to Stack Overflow or like Googling syntax. It's just easier to do some things very quickly in here, like a pivot table, for example. Pivoting in pandas is like a pretty common thing to do, but I've talked to like even really advanced data scientists who just like never remember the pandas pivot syntax. And they're constantly Googling that. And so our tool is like, you know, quickly do your pivot table in our sheet. Um and, and so one is like the, the ability to just generate the syntax more quickly, and then two is just the visual aspect. A lot of people just like you know looking at their data during their analysis more in a more dynamic way than just like printing out a data frame, um, which I th- which I think is cool. That's definitely one of the things that I like about it. Did the package install?
1: Um, we're still installing here. Um...
2: Yeah, see, so that's the other thing is, like, it's installing plot.ly, which is, like, for graphing, but, like, you're not going to use graphing if you're not using the front end, so that's kind of annoying. Um,
1: How about you, Charles? Do um, you have uh, thoughts so far
0: or comments? Um, no, this is really interesting. This is, um. you know, you might be targeting people who use, like, was it Power BI? Yeah,
2: uh, like I see that. People
0: who do data science stuff but don't really know programming. Um, that would be, um, you know, I think that would be a good audience. Um, That's interesting, yeah.
2: What do you think about the cannabis space? So I think one thing, one of my interests is cannabis, obviously it's like, you know, one from an investing standpoint and the two from like a standpoint of this tool maybe is like, a lot of places I've seen people enjoy the tool is like these like transitional industries where it's like they're typically using things like Excel, more analog tools. And because of like, they have much larger data sizes, or they want to do more advanced analyses. Now they, uh, they're transitioning to Python. So we I've seen that in like finance a little bit, like pharma, like bio research, I'm seeing that. Do you think that cannabis is a place where, you know, there is a push to get these like non-technical people more technical?
1: Well, I, what I have heard is people do want a hold of their data and to be able to analyze it. And so that's, you know, something that I'm not sure if it's their design or you know, a lot of people kind of are holding data hostage these days. So it seems, well, that's what I've heard, heard from the industry. In- so it seems like people are having a hard time getting their data out of, of whatever program they have it in. So if they just want to do statistics on their own. Um, I just kind of heard that just word of mouth yesterday. Um, so I think there is a demand for just people to explore their own data right um so i think you know people are becoming increasingly more sophisticated and so yeah people want to get a hold of their data and you know look at it themselves yeah What, what about you charles in in your work as a data scientist do you think people are wanting to get a hold of their data more and more these days or
0: um yeah i think so i mean i'm not in not involved in the cannabis industry so i you know i can't speak to that but there are a lot of people um you know um that you know that do data analysis but don't really know like python or you know any sort of programming languages and again they use tools like You know, they use Excel, they use Power BI, they understand how to use those things. So this would be kind of good for people who aren't as technical, but still do a lot of data analysis. Um, So my other question is how does, like how large of a data set have you tried this on?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we were, I'm confident that it will any any so the idea is that what you're doing is really in the sheet, you're editing a data frame. So if you're you either pass in a data frame as an argument and that'll populate the sheet, or if you're passing in a CSV, the first thing it automatically does is turn your CSV into a data frame. So as long as you can fit the data frame, you can fit, um, uh, as long as you can fit that set into a data frame, which I think, I think the most we've done is like 15 million rows. Um, I'm not sure how many columns that was, so it's, it's more about obviously the area. But uh, then I think it's it's definitely you know usable and 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 of course way faster than doing it in other visual tools like Excel, for example. Um, Excel is just like really slow, but but then there's also like it's a whole it's actually a really whole space of the data sense. I'm not too familiar with. It's like these people doing like I think it's like PySpark where it's like. They have too much data. It's like they can't even fit in data frames. It's this whole other dimension of data science that I, I really am not too experienced in. And so I think we're more focused on this, like I think the people who have these a bit more smaller data sets maybe are doing more like exploratory data analysis to start. A smaller if it's still you know, smaller meaning still five million rows potentially. But uh um so yeah, we're definitely not there for like huge productionized machine learning models for like insurance companies and stuff like that, where just like crazy, crazy terabytes of data. Well,
1: if you want, I just had started to do this brief analysis on comparing Eastern and Western Washington rainfall. So oh. that effect on cannabis yields. So if you want, could I show you the, that brief analysis and see if that may be something that could be recreated in your tool or yeah. with your tool.
2: Would you want mm-hmm. to try um, uploading that into the, like just try doing it in the tool or or, or yes. whatever, whatever you want to do?
1: Yes. So here, why don't I run through it real quick and then we can try it with your program. Sweet. That'd be awesome. So. And that way we can you know, try to you know, replicate the results. Um, so just a brief overview. Essentially we're just doing sort of a difference in difference. So just you know, just kind of comparing one region to the to the next. And so essentially we're just seeing, okay. You know, it looks like there's quite a different climate Mm -hmm. in these counties compared to these counties. So over here, it looks wet and incredibly wet. And then over here, um, it's much drier. And so does that have any effect on cannabis yields? You know, is everybody doing things inside in temperature and humidity, controlled rooms? and it may not have any effect whatsoever or maybe people over here are having a hard time keeping their crops cool who knows so we, we actually will have to do some you know, statistics to see if there is any fundamental difference in the cannabis yields so it's not actually that tricky of an analysis here it's pretty short really so essentially we're just going to use dummy variables so you know one if you're in eastern Washington zero if you're in western Washington or I forget which exactly so yeah one if you're in eastern Washington zero if you're in western Washington Um, and so the past few weeks, we've been working with lab result data in Washington State, as well as we earlier here in, also, what is the name of your program? Hold MITO. MITO. So in MITO, we have already read in the licensees, and so we're joining that data with the lab results. Cool. Okay, so.
2: And, you, and you're reading this from an Excel file, like that's the basis. It seems. Can like you say it. that one more time, please? You're reading this from an Excel file. I think I saw a line. And then it said read
1: Excel. Yes, um, I think I may have moved this file. So one second, and I yeah, am no, going no. to make a, let me pause this for one second, and I'm going to.
2: Yeah, no worries. No worries.
1: A... Oh, Hold on. I almost forgot Paul here. Hey, Paul.
3: Hey, Paul. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good.
1: Oh, excellent. So this is, you actually joined at a good time because I'm sort of getting the data connected here. So, so we've got Jake today who's building a data science tool, and we're using it to explore some of the cannabis data we're working
3: with. Oh, very cool. Nice to meet you, Paul. How you doing, Jake? Doing well. Where are you located? Southeast Michigan,
2: where are you? Cool. I'm in, uh, I'm normally in Philadelphia. I'm actually a bit Jersey Shore right now,
3: though. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: So, what we're doing, Paul, so this is sort of you know, merging both tools. We're mm-hmm. basically doing an analysis on Eastern versus Western Washington lab results. So, just a, a oh, simple cool. analysis. Just to, you know, demonstrate working with the data.
3: Is it kind of like an A/B test or something?
1: Or yeah, essentially, essentially, so this was just sort of an example of you know merging the data sets and just running running a regression. Right on. But I'm just getting the data pulled up here real quick.
3: And while you're doing that, I just wanted to Charles, thanks again for uh helping me out this week. I appreciate it. I haven't had a chance to get into the parquet files yet, but um uh I'm still <laughs> I'm still still trying to um use PowerShell to get some of the conversions over. And it seems to be working. It takes a long time though.
0: Yes. It's um <laughs> converting it um in 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 pandas was you know it was it was it was slow going. It was yeah. very Pretty painful. Yeah. So that's interesting. I was going to, you know, I thought about like, I don't know a lot about R, but I thought about trying to do some of this analysis in R and thinking, oh, well, maybe that would be better, but you're running into the same problems I'm running into, so.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, after you're mentioning, uh, gosh, in Python, what is the name of the chunking um, application uh, you refer to? Oh, ask. Desk, which I, I don't know anything about, but within R, um, there was a, uh, a library that does essentially, actually it's like three libraries. I've tried two of them, um, and, and those two didn't work. But this other one seems to be kind of promising where it just essentially takes the data and chunks it out into files, and it kind of distributes them, and you do some parallel processing on it. So I'm going to give that a whirl and see what happens and, uh, yeah, just test it out. Cool. Okay, so, sorry. sorry about that.
1: Oh, no, I can focus now. So no, that's good. And I read your emails and or your messages, and that you know you're working to get the, the UTF16 converted to UTF8. And so, but, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you've got a solution. Um, but
3: yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, it's essentially just using PowerShell and run a quick well it's not a quick script run a small script um and then just chunks through the the whole file and then gives me a, a utf8 tsv file on the other side um and then but then that's another script i can run uh, that will convert the the tsv to csv um, and then i've got the full csv file and then what i've been doing is um, i'm in the process of doing this right now is uploading them to google cloud um, with the free kind of the free instance that i've got right now um, and then just to get some of these larger files up there to see if this tests out the process and then run some small queries against them. So that's what I'm trying to do.
1: Excellent work. So just just to show just a demonstration of this data to, to Jake and just some statistics that I was beginning to tinker on. So just always just start with the question. So my question was, does rainfall so does like the amount of moisture affect the cannabinoid results and so I kind of wanted to look at all of the you know different results maybe maybe some fail more for moisture content maybe the water activity is higher on some than the others so the way Washington is set up it works well for essentially just a a quick and simple dummy
3: variable analysis. So, you know, so we're just going to get... Oh. oh I think we just lost him.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Hey, Keegan, I don't know if you can hear us, but you froze up.
2: At least it's a nice image to look at.
3: in I mean... <laughs> He's got his power fist going, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you are, Keegan, you, you came back.
1: You, my apologies. So. I actually should let you know, Jake. So I am working at the Oklahoma City Library. Okay, oh, cool. um, I'm in Oklahoma City for a Canicon tomorrow and Friday. Oh, that's awesome! So, you know, going to, uh, you know, be, you know, meeting people in the cannabis industry here, see what their challenges are, how things are going, how the market's developing.
2: That's really cool. So,
1: okay. So back to the work here, Eastern-Western-Washington what I'm doing here is just reading in the lab result data and the licensee data and then merging it and so for example Those are the variables for licensees and we can merge these with the licensees global ID and then the lab result for MME ID. Um, So you can look at the data points but that that way we can merge them. And then we have a lot of data points um, for this one lab result. So now we have, this is a lab result here. It is with this piece of inventory. So we could actually look up the inventory at this point and get even more data points. Um, For now, Our analysis doesn't need those data points, but in the future, you know, we'll want to just get all the data points uh, that we can together. And then essentially what we've done here is just added on the licensees data. So now we know, okay, this licensee is in Bellingham, Washington. And they're in Whatcom County. So now, it's pretty easy just to create a dummy variable if they're in eastern or western Washington. Pandas has tricks for creating dummy variables, but I actually just wrote a quick script, you know, just wrote a quick, you know, quick little loop here just to create that.
2: Can I jump in for a sec? Yes. So I think it was interesting there you wrote, so you wrote that little script there, you know, you said, you know, it's an if statement, essentially. So what you would do in, like, my tool is you would just use, like, you would just make a new column, and then you could do an if statement in that column. Just, like, if this, that, if if x, one, if y, zero. It's kind of interesting.
1: Yes. And so, Paul, this is Jake's tool, and so this is sort of combined adds a user interface into a Python code generator. Okay. Um, so this would be.
3: It's called Mito Sheet.
2: Yeah, here I can. I'll put the. Uh, I'll put the, some links in the chat.
1: Um, and so, just for, t- for everybody's sake, uh, I'll run through mine real quick. But then, essentially, I see what you would basically, you know, create your dummy variable here, um, sort of Excel style, and then you'll have. You know the the code automatically generated. Yeah, totally, totally. Which is cool. So we've got we've got that dummy variable now, and so I mean, so this is actually interesting. This is actually the first time I've calculated this statistic, but but like, so this is an interesting statistic that maybe not a lot of people even know. So. It looks like you know sixty two percent of licensees are in Eastern Washington, and you know <laughs> about thirty eight percent are in the uh, other you know or in Eastern Washington.
3: That's cool. And,
1: and so what you could do is remember, I always say, well, I'm not sure if you've heard me say this, but what I'd say is, you can get real interesting by just doing conditional conditional averages. Um, so if you just just took the mean conditional on okay, if it's a producer or a processor, you can now find out okay, are there more producers in Western Washington or Eastern Washington? Because My, you know, hypothesis is that there are a lot of retailers in eastern Washington and a lot of cultivators in western Washington. Um, I
3: I wonder what the implications would be on transportation for that.
1: It depends on the way the laboratory, well, actually, well, there's a lot of factors. So you're right. So the people will end up, and that's a thing in Washington is the trans essentially transporting the cannabis from, from western Washington to eastern Washington, you know, first to test it at a laboratory. There are some laboratories in western Washington, and then to you know send it to all the retailers.
2: So just to understand the flow a little bit, because I'm new to this. So, so any grower has to, there's some formality, they have to get it tested at a specific type of lab before they can sell it. They can't do any of that testing in-house.
1: Exactly. So they they need to get their products tested at a you know a third-party independent laboratory. That's interesting.
3: I wonder why. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's for well, I, I'm just speculating. I'm, I'm, I'm new like you, but um, uh, I would think it's for um, overlapping interests, right? Because right. you could probably cut a lot of corners. If you're a transporter and a producer, um, I wonder if some of the checks and balances would be kind of compromised by doing that.
2: Yeah, totally. was well, interesting if you could, like, if you could, there's a way you could, I don't know. There's a way you could have it so... You could do that testing in-house. You could potentially save a lot of money. I imagine it's the growers who are paying for that transportation.
0: Yeah, but they have a big problem with, um, you know, people trying to fake results.
3: Right, and, right. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, there's – it's just, you know, a lot of growers, you know, were using a lot of uh, pesticides and mm. agents to stop mold and uh, – You know, and it just, it wasn't, it wasn't a safe product to sell anymore. So that's why you have independent labs to do that kind of stuff.
1: Also, we should actually be careful with those statistics that I was calculating. Because I was only reading in 10,000. And there are about 2 million lab results. So that is not even going to be close to accurate. Yeah, you so, probably do a
3: random sample if you don't want to read it all in.
1: Um, quick question, Charles. Um, do you know how to read in a
0: CSV with
1: uh, just a random number of samples?
0: No. no that's my yeah.
1: yeah, but so you may just have to hitch this, but this is sort of just a demo of it, an analysis. Um,
3: That's pretty cool. I mean, we were talking about this before, just the fact that you're going through this um, and answering some of those high level stats questions gives you that baseline of understanding, right, of what the market's like and how the market operates too. So just having that information, you will be way ahead of a lot of people.
1: Exactly. So my red flag was, that's what you do when you're looking at data, you know, you've got to look at the data because there could be some red flags. And so what my red flag was, was, you know, 100% of the cultivators are in eastern Washington. And so that's just because I just read in the first 10,000 observations.
3: You know, one thing that comes to mind as you're showing me this, and we talked about this a little bit last time, but like Washington and other other states, they're in this kind of weird situation where they're trying to grow an industry, right? They're really trying to get it off the ground so they can get their tax money out of it. But they're also trying to rein it in enough to where you know it's controlled and you know people aren't getting sick from bad product or what have you. Trying to mitigate the risks, so kind of this weird balancing act. But at some point, there I would imagine that they're going to have to do some auditing and compliance, like pretty pretty stringent uh, auditing and compliance checks, or also um, checks for if there's any way to check for. Um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, shoot. Oh, come to me in a second. But to position yourself to where you can provide data that would help with auditing and compliance uh, would probably be a pretty good strategic move.
1: That's, that's interesting because I think you're right, To so, You know, Leaf Data Systems is collecting all, you know, all this data to, you um, Just to to look at it, you know, know, rule number one about data, look at the data. Um, So, you're right, and it's one of those things where, like I was saying, there's such a high demand for this and such a low supply. So, LEAF Data Systems is probably trying to do their best to supply visualizations and reports and statistics, but they may be underwater, or you know, there may be such a high demand they just can't, you know, they just yeah. can't fill it. Um, so, so, so you're right. So that's where other people in the industry can kind of help out. And so, so I want to give a shout out to Jim McRae. And so he is actually the person who you know, originally provided this data set to us. And That's essentially what he does. He's sort of the the canary in the coal mine. So he, the canary in the data mine. So he is digging around with Kim's data, you know, essentially doing exactly what you're talking about. Just, just seeing if there's any oddities or being an an extra eye on data. So
3: who who is Jim McRae? Is he with the state of Washington?
1: I think he, I'm not 100% sure the organization he's associated with, but he's a researcher in Washington and he's done a lot of research on the cannabis industry. Gotcha. So you may be able to find him on LinkedIn, um, That could honestly be, maybe be the best way to get a hold of him, and I can share his LinkedIn. And-
3: I was just curious. Um, yeah, so he's trying to, in a researchy kind of way, try to keep a pulse on on the market and keep his eye open for things like what compliance and that sort of thing.
1: Exactly. So, so like there's th- there's interesting things to look at. So one is just you know the total amount of sales per lab result uh, because you know some you know products just sell a lot. Um, and others don't and then you know you just want to you know keep an eye on you know failure rates just to you know make sure that you know there's not a significant we should just be aware of a significant trend one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. So for example, so just to give them a shout out um, so if you want, good example of someone who's sort of, of someone keeping their finger on the pulse, but they're doing it in California. So you know they're just seeing okay, you know how many things are being tested And you know so they're, they're, they plot failure rates. So you can see that you know failure rates are going down over time. Mm -hmm. while the number of tests are going up Um, i think they may have and this is i think one of their best contributions is they actually show the seasonality in they i believe this is seasonality in failures it may not necessarily be of cannabis um oh actually no, no no this is pesticide use Okay, so this is so this is the the analysis they've done that I think could be extended. So in California they they record the amount of pesticides that are used you know over time and it seems there's you know a cyclical use of pesticides. I think it would be interesting to try to correlate pesticide use, you know, with failure rates to see, you know, if somebody is using pesticides, um, does that affect the failure rate. Mm-hmm. Okay. But enough, enough of that uh, tangent, um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, Yes, so extra eye on the data, so we can actually use some statistics here to to start answering some of these questions. So back to our original question of the day, does rainfall have an effect on cannabinoid results? Hedge this that this is not a random sample, this is just the first 10,000 lab results. So you'd want to actually repeat this analysis with all of the lab results, and then you'd actually get a better estimate of the effect. So, hedge this 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 is just a demonstration of the statistics. It's not actually, you know, representative of what we think the your estimates
3: are. So, Keegan, um, you you pulled out like the first ten thousand results. Um, you know, I was able to do the same sort of thing. With the uh, the files that I have um, but to, you know to look across the entire data set do you have the capacity to do that yourself or are you kind of um, constrained on how much data you can work with
1: I, I could probably pull it off I just haven't I haven't yet um, were you thinking that you may be able to do this analysis or
3: well, um, right now, like I've been kind of complaining the last couple of meetings and, and leaning on your guys' expertise, but um, you know I'm still trying just to get the entire data sets in a usable kind of format, yes. and I'm, I'm getting there. But but as soon as I get it up um, to um, the Google Cloud, I mean, running queries on this data is going to be really easy, um, just running SQL queries on it. Um, of course, how much it's going to cost, I don't know yet, uh, so i got to be careful of that. But um, if I get those things up in place and it seems like they're, you know, they're intact, they're not corrupt, because I know that, um, Charles, you're saying that, like, the inventories file you found to be corrupted somehow. Um, so I'm just saying if I can get it up there and they're in place, I'll let you know. And then we maybe we can do something to kind of speed up some of your exploratory analysis a little bit. Definitely,
1: definitely, definitely. So how about this next week? I can focus, and then it seems that you're going to be focusing on this as well. Let's let's yeah. get this data usable, because you know that's the first step. I think you know we've sort of mocked out, you know, how we can do some analysis, but you know we we've got to do our yak shaving. and so we're basically stuck right right here where, where? we need to get all this data read in, and. Yeah. It, Charles has come up with a couple of good, atta- um, couple of good solutions, I just, I just need to spend time and implement them. So this next week, that's what I'll be focusing on, is getting this data usable and then next week we can touch base again and I'll you know, send you messages throughout the week. And that will be essentially the next step in our data analysis journey.
3: Yeah, just for this, just so Jake um, knows, I'm actually uh, just finished up in a master's in data science, and I'm getting ready to do my capstone project. So oh, I I kind of lucked out and, and hooked up with uh, with um, the guys here, and I, I I thought it would be kind of interesting to do a project around the cannabis industry, just because it's a novel data set. Um, and you can apply it like um, Keegan was saying the first time I was talking to him, that it, because it's a new data set there's some there's really good low-hanging fruit here with some right. basic analysis so that was kind of that's my my focus and I I have to actually try and get a data set together pretty quick because um, my projects due by the beginning of August and there's a bunch of other stuff I got to do as well but um, so my, my goal is to try and get this data in a usable format as soon as possible and of course whatever whatever success I, I have I'll share with you guys um, and then we can all kind of pound on it
2: cool. If um, I, I sound like the chat, but if the tool, it's, it's of course, free. If it's at all, it's helpful to you in the process. Definitely. Uh, I put the docs in the chat if you want to try it out.
3: Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Jake. I appreciate that.
1: Just to take it home real quick and then uh, we'll close out. Um, basically, we just ran a regression here of THC on Eastern Washington. So... You know, you could interpret this coefficient as you know the THC difference in Eastern Washington versus Western Washington. Keep in mind, we haven't read in all the data, but you would interpret this if you were confident that 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 was about a five percent difference. But there were some red flags: our R squared, and you know, principally our R squared is a pretty big red flag. So, 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 Jake, this, this is essentially the final piece that would need to be sort of done in your in your program, if possible. So, you know, we we can get all the way through here, mm-hmm. where we've created the dummy variable, and so that could take us all the way to there and we could be content with that and then just use stats models or if you're interested in doing future work you know this may be something you'd be interested in looking at is you know just a way where you could run you know simple regressions yeah totally
2: that's definitely something i think i want to add for sure we're sort of you know we're building it out yeah, know i think right now we have like the base functionality you need which is like transformations and pivot tables and merging and filtering and then i think the question from there is like do we go more into like the visualization space or the statistical space or the modeling space you know like machine learning because obviously there's all these amazing packages we could you know try and develop this front end for um and so that's yeah, it's just kind of the crossroads we're at. But it, definitely something like that, like running a simple regression, like makes uh, total sense in the tool.
1: But you kind of hit the nail on the head because we all agree that you know, with data science, love, love it or hate it, you end up spending about ninety percent of your time or more, uh, sometimes ninety-nine percent of your time, just cleaning the data and getting it. Yeah. Done. And then. But that's the beauty of it, because you spend all this work, and then all of a sudden, your data set's actually manageable, and then all you have to do is run a regression. Uh, and if it's good, clean data, and you have all the data points you need, often you can just do an ordinarily squares regression, and that'll be incredibly informative.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I definitely. So, so
1: um.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, Jake. Um, Keegan has a bunch of data, and I'd be, inter- you know, it'd be interesting for you to like try and load that into your program and see. Uh, because we've had we've had a lot of problems with this data, um, and so cool. if you're going to make it, you know, if it's going to be something sort of like an easy to use kind of tool, this is the these are the kind of problems people are going to are going to run into. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. So is you're.
2: If you're up for it, I'd love, maybe, or whoever. I'd love to maybe just, um, if you wanted to have like a 20 minute call sometime, maybe just, maybe just try and go some, go through some of this together which would be, would be
1: cool. Absolutely. And I also put the data in the, the chat because sweet, sweet. I think Charles Charles was right. Like if you want a data set to really, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what's the word, um, uh, crash test your, your program uh, that could
2: be a good data set for you okay cool yeah.
1: if i cool. want to
2: reach out to you is this uh this like contact cannabis email is that good for you
3: uh,
1: you can actually reach me at keegan at canlytics.com
2: cool 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 i'll definitely do that all right, sweet. Well, all right. well everyone thank you for joining today and We've got
1: a big week ahead of data wrangling. So <laughs> I'm excited. Paul's got a grin. Charles got a grin. So, Jake, I'll look forward to talking with you. And yeah, that'd be great. Charles as well.
3: All right. Good talking, guys. Nice to meet you, Jake. You as well. How are we going, guys? Yeah. All right. It's take care. Good. Great
0: to have an awesome week. You too. Bye. 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 All right. Bye.